Could you turn with me now to the chapter that we read? The Gospel according to Luke, chapter 11. I want to center our thoughts from the verses that we find from 14 to 22, but I want to concentrate on 22. And he was casting out a devil, and it was dumb. And it came to pass, when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. And some said, and some of them said, he cast out, casteth out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And others tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub, and if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. But if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the, thing, the, the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. When a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armour, wherein he trusted, and divideth, divideth his spoils. How strange a thing it is, and when the Lord was walking among the children of men, when he was performing miracles, even after this situation when they saw the devil being cast out of this dumb person. How strange it is that the multitude and the Pharisees should, should, should seek a sign. Here God and Christ was working. And among them before their very eyes. And yet they say they seek a sign from heaven. But men, no matter who they, were, they are, still even to this day try and ignore the divine character of Christ. While they see infallible proofs and infallible signs of Christ working in the midst of a people. Before their eyes they see changed lives. Before their eyes they see men and women, boys and girls, hearts being changed and following a new direction and having new desires, turning from the ways of darkness to follow after Christ Jesus. You know, they remind me of owls. They sit in darkness as if at night they're crying, show me the sun, where is the sun? And yet the sun 
is working in the midst, the Son of God is working in the midst of the people. And every evil that is overcome is a proof of the existence of a much higher, stronger, and holier power. Scripture teaches us that evil cannot expel evil. So this principle must lead then to God. There is none good but God. If sin has been conquered and hated and the heart has been changed and filled with love to God, then this is not of man. This is, as the Lord said, this is the finger of God touching the heart of the individual. And in these verses here, we have, so to speak, the two great princes representing two great kingdoms. To one kingdom or to the other kingdom, we belong. Either you belong to the kingdom of the Son of God or you belong to the kingdom of Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. To one or other, all belong. And peace and safety can only be enjoyed by the subjects of the greatest kingdom. So as one is most bitterly antagonistic to the other. But here today, we see in this portion, we see the warriors described, we see the battle fought, we see the victory won, and the spoil divided. Now I want to look this morning and to consider both these princes. First of all, we look at the great enemy of the soul. Very seldom do we hear people preaching on the devil. This morning, in a way, I fear it. Because the adversary of the soul doesn't like, and doesn't like to hear his name being dragged down doesn't like himself being found out and being just shown for what he is. This morning we'll first of all consider the great enemy of the soul, Satan, the chief of the devils. And his chief end, his chief end is to deceive and to destroy, to take a man and to break him, or a woman, or a child, and to take them, and to deceive them, and to destroy them. And his deadly campaign started and commenced in the Garden of Eden, when he came upon our first parents, or came to them. And it goes on to this very day. He still approaches the children of Adam, he still comes in among the children of men in the same subtle, evil way. 
But I would like, first of all, to notice his character. He is termed here as a strong man. And the strength of the devil is his cunning and his deceit. He is wily, he is cunning, he is deceitful. And in the Garden of Eden we have a rel the first revelation of his wisdom. We have the revelation of the wisdom of this serpent. He came to Eve. He tempted Eve. He said to her to partake of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he said to her, Ye shall not surely die. Yes, he is strong because he knows exactly where human weakness lies. He knows all your weak points. He knows all your desires and all your subtleties. He knows us in a strange, strange way. And that is why he's strong. He's strong because he can see and he knows even what you're thinking. Sometimes he puts the thoughts into your mind. He enters into the citadel of a man's soul as a friend, as a pledged friend. But when he comes, he comes as an angel of light. And how few of us can discern him in his true nature, in this malignant form. He's showing himself to be something that he isn't. He is strong. He is strong to overcome the righteous, the righteous scruples of the young. He comes into the life of young people and he shows them all the lovely lights of this world. He shows them all the temptations that they can fall into. And he puts it in a lovely picture, very, very attractive to the eye. And we fall for it. And he leads us, and he overcomes all the righteous things that we can try to do. And he can also deceive the Godward longings of the old. Oftentimes he comes along to those who are long and old in the faith and questions them and deceives them and says to them do you think you really are a converted soul do you have that assurance how do you know and what torment sometimes he puts the, the old Christian through does he whisper to you too late too late you're too great a sinner to come to know Christ but although he is strong he is but a strong man his strength is limited he is not almighty omnipotent yet his wiles are innumerable and his darts are fiery you know it was strange that Last night at my door, a man came to my door last night and asked me who I was. 
And I told him, and I'm sure this man is troubled in his soul. Because he said to me, you don't really believe what you're doing. And he says, tell me this, what color was Adam? That, my friends, is a wile of the devil. It doesn't matter what color Adam was. What matters is that the sin that Adam fell into came into the whole human race. And it is a while of the devil to ask these questions. It doesn't matter. I tell you this, that the devil's strength is limited. Look secondly at his condition. He is a strong man armed. His armor is the armor of darkness. He loves darkness rather than light. While men slept, he sowed the tears in the wheat field. And after he sowed the tears, he went his way. He is the prince of darkness. Therefore, those that are, that are in darkness, that don't know the light of the gospel of Christ, are under his power. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever watched in a dark night how people go about? Most times men and women don't like to be seen in a drunken state in the middle of the day. They don't like to be seen going about their lewd business in the middle of the day. If you walk the streets of Glasgow late at night, it is there you see under the shadow of darkness, you see prostitution, you see drunkenness, you see lewdness, all under the shadow of darkness. Yes, the devil is armed with darkness. You may be enjoy the pressures of this world for a season. But my friends and many of you, if you are strong drinkers here today, have gone to bed after a night of so-called enjoyment, and you've been led by this wily character to have a night of enjoyment, and all of a sudden you put your head down on the pillow and you lie in your bed and your head starts following your feet and it goes faster and it goes faster and it goes faster then all of a sudden you've got to get up and be sick. This is what the devil does with your life. This is what he does as he takes a life and he puts it in a spin. He shows you the pleasures of the world and then he makes you dizzy and then he makes you sick. But you see his armor is entirely opposite from the armor of God. His girdle about his loins is a girdle of falsehood. He is a liar from the very, from the very, very beginning. He said to Eve, ye shalt not surely die. And look at the generations that came from Adam and Eve. 
and death came upon them and death comes to us yes he is a liar from the very very beginning and his breastplate is that of wickedness for wickedness is in his heart his feet are shod with the words of great philosophies and men's imagination philosophies and men's imaginations that are enmity to God his shield is a shield of doubt oh is there a God is there a Christ yes surely there is a God yes surely there is a Christ for this devil is a liar from the very beginning and on his head is the helmet of damnation it's not salvation it is damnation and his sword is the imagination of a of the evil heart and with these imaginations of the heart he slays or tries to slay the word of truth darkness he says and death reign supreme what a lie what a lie but let us look also at his occupation he keepeth his palace what is his palace what is his house his palace is the dungeon of the unrenewed heart where every window is glazed with perverted glass and what do I mean have you ever looked out some of the glass windows that you get and there's distortion in them there's flaws in them and as you look out you might see on one side something's magnified and the other side it's made very minute because the glass is distorted this is what this is what like the windows of Satan's houses it gives a distorted view of life so that things can never be seen as they really are and here in this house the occupant the soul of the individual that is under the dominion of the, of the evil one the occupant is a prisoner a prisoner of darkness prisoner of ignorance as far as the truth of the gospel is concerned may not be ignorant as far as the things pertaining to the world are concerned but he's ignorant in things pertaining to the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ he may boast that he knows of what he knows of the world the world of light yes he may boast that oh I know my Bible yes he may boast yes I've been to Sabbath school when I was a young boy I know it all but he knows nothing as he ought to know it because he's bound by this one and if he did know the truth he would no longer abide in bondage 
And tonight, to this morning, I say to everyone here tonight, today that's outside the pale of the Church of Christ, this, if you know the truth, if you know the truth, don't stay under the bond of the evil one. Don't be in bondage to him today. But you know that, then the devil knows that you don't want to be in bondage to him. And he is a vigilant keeper of the soul of that man, or that woman, or that boy, or that girl. So he keeps his palace that those that are his may he in a way have peace. He tells them, yes, you can have peace, but this is a peace, a peace where there is no peace. There is no peace outside of Christ. Yesterday we have peace movements marching up and down the land in search of peace. But it is a peace, peace where there is no peace. There is no peace outside of Christ. And the more anxious a soul is to escape, the more closely that soul is kept by the adversary. The fear promises don't work. Then he puts upon us or upon men iron fetters. And he drags them down and he applies them. See, men can go along in this life and they can see that things are working out fine for them and everything's all right. They're under the bondage of the devil and all of a sudden they try to escape and they think, oh, well, I must find a way out. And they get dragged down, down and down and down. How many of you, many, many of you have sat and watched a down and out sitting on a step, drinking out of a bottle that looks like milk, and it's a concentrate of milk and hair lacquer. This is what the devil does with a man and a woman. Yes, he starts maybe being the child and he drags them down and then he leaves them on the scrap heap of humanity and he leaves them lying there in tattered rags and all they can do is beg for money to get more more of what more of that that will bring them further down into the depths of despair <coughs> Notice some of the ways that he keeps his palace. He says to some of you, I, I can read my Bible at home. I can do my worship at home. I can enjoy the things to do with God all on my own. You can't tell me anything new about the scripture or anything new I heard at all before. He may be saying to you, well, I go to church, you go to church regularly. I'm all right. 
You may be a Christian in inverted commas. You may be saying in your heart, I do as well as I can. But yet, that is the devil just holding you in his palace, keeping a hold of you, making sure that you won't escape. Now look at his possession. The one, his possessions are goods. That's what is termed here in verse 21. The one who occupies the palaces of the heart also possesses the powers and faculties of the whole being. And these powers and faculties are valuable goods, very, very valuable goods. And these goods, generally speaking, may represent all that are under Satan's keeping. Let's look at the character of one individual. And look at us, you, you'd look at him as an article. Somebody would be trying to sell an article in a shop. The qualities of a single soul are this. There's reason. You have reason. No reason is the governor. You have understanding. And that is the receiver of all that you're told. You have the memory, and that is the recorder of all that goes in to your head. You have the conscience, and that's the discerner of what is right and what is wrong. And in a way, you have a will, and that's the decider. And then you have affections, and that's the distributor to show to others. These are part of the goods. But all those are prisoners to Satan. They're under his power and they're used for his dark and devilish purposes. His goods. Not even your own free will. What a strange liberty those who are under Christ have. Who are under the devil have, sorry. What a strange liberty. Your own free will is bound. These are his possessions. But I've dwelt long enough on him. I would like to turn now to the great deliverer. To Jesus Christ, to him who gave his all on the cross of Calvary. Look at his character. He is stronger than he. Not one whose strength is merely that of a strong man, but one whose strength is almighty, omnipotent. If I speak of strength, Lo, he is strong. The strength of the hills is his. I will send you a deliverer and a strong one. This is what the Bible teaches about the Lord Jesus Christ. And look how strong the sun is. 
to overcome the shadow of darkness or the blackness of the night. And the hills look as strong they are to stand up to all the storms and tempests of the wind. So man's deliverer from the wiles of the devil must be strong both to bear and to overcome. His arm is strong. He holdeth the world in the palm of his hand. He holds the universe and he guides the helm of providence. Through him, by him, were all things created. He is the firstborn of all creation. His work is strong because his foundation stands firm and sure. He is the rock of ages. He is the one who will stand from age to age. The word of truth has gone out throughout all the generations. His word is strong. None can gainsay it. None can hinder it from working. When the word of truth comes to the individual, even this morning, the word of truth is piercing the heart of the individual. There is nothing that can hinder it. The devil himself can't stop it. He, the word of truth, is strong. Neither time nor eternity nor the powers thereof can ever displace one single stone of his building. He is strong, he has laid the foundation. And no matter if you're a weak pebble within the wall of the church of Christ, he has planted you there. Oh, child of God, he has planted you there. And he makes sure that you stand firm and sure. The one has come to seek and to save. This one with whom nothing is impossible. He has come to seek and to save those that are lost. And no enemy, no matter who he is, is too strong for his power. And no difficulty is too monstrous for his strength. He took Manasseh out of the most fearful. God took Manasseh out of the most fearful hypocrisy and idolatry worship. Manasseh gave his own children to be sacrificed to the gods. And yet God in his mercy threw Manasseh out of such a situation. There's nowhere you can go down in the depths of despair. There's nothing so monstrous that the Lord our God, the Lord Jesus Christ, can't lift you out of. The Lord shall fight for you, and he shall hold, and ye shall hold your peace. Now look at his encounter. He shall come upon him. He shall come upon Satan, the prince of life, and the prince of darkness 
must come into combat. David must go out or had to go out to meet Goliath in order to deliver the children of Israel. He fought not for himself. He fought because the love of God constrained him. And although like Christ, his brethren despised and rejected him, yet David went out. Our Lord Jesus Christ has gone out to meet the adversary and met him on the cross of Calvary. Yet David had the king's favor, if you remember the story. And in overcoming the enemy, and overcoming Goliath, David secured for himself a bride. Do you remember the story? Because he overcame Goliath, he secured for himself a bride. And what a beautiful picture this is of, a, of our deliverer. What a beautiful picture this is of Christ. He who came forth from the Father, him who is the Son of the Father's love, came into this scene of this of time and conquered death, hell and the grave to purchase for himself the church, the bride of Christ. He purchased the bride. My friend, if you're in Christ today, you're part of the bride of Christ. But you know Israel went astray and chased after other gods and chased after the things of the world because the devil put them in his ro their road. How do you stand as part of the bride of Christ today? Are you in love with your Saviour? Or are you playing the harlot and chasing after the things of the world? Christ Jesus came upon the wiles of the devil in the wilderness. He came upon his enmity and hate in the Pharisees. He came upon the wiles of the devil and his works in the demon possessed and upon himself on a cross. Then was the hour and power of darkness. Then was the point of dreadful conflict when Christ the Lord was on the cross of Calvary. That was the point of conflict. Christ overcame death, hell and the grave and here he had this there the Lord had the victory he overcame him and taketh from him all his armor Goliath is slain with his own sword and through death Christ destroyed him that had the power of death Satan is defeated. Christ has the victory. The devil's helmet was broken and his head was bruised. Through the death of Christ, the axe was laid in the head 
of Satan. His whole, his whole armor of darkness and what he trusted has been destroyed and the true light of the gospel now shines among men. No one now needs to be under the power or under the power of Satan because Christ came to set the prisoner free. But sad to say, men love darkness rather than light. Men rather the bondage of Satan rather than the liberty and the freedom of the Church of Christ. They say, I love my master, I won't go free. I'd rather stay where I am. And so they become slaves forever under the domain of Satan. Jesus Christ is the rightful owner of the soul. Scripture teaches thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captivity captive, thou hast received gifts of man or in the man. This is what the Lord has done. He has led us free. He has shown the way, he has opened up the way into the holiest of holies. And he's made a way through the rent veil of his body into the presence of the living God. And when that day, when he comes to gather up his own, and they stand around the throne in heaven, the number of them was, as it says in Revelation, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying worthy, worthy, worthy is the lamb that was slain will you be there? will you be there or will you be under the yoke of bondage? finally I'll come to the last point it's this it's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ he divideth his spoils as the fruit of his warfare. He possesses pardon and peace and power and paradise. These he willingly de distributes or willingly divides with the mighty many. Are you in Christ's kingdom today? All who believe shall share in Christ's victory. All is yours for ye are Christ. Does that apply to you this morning? Do you know him in such a way that you share in his grace and in his goodness? The great battle that Christ fought was a substitutionary one. Man had been spoiled of his goods by the devil, but Christ overcomes and recaptures the possession. Oh, what a glorious day! Just as Abraham overcame the kings and brought back all the goods of the kings of old, 
And he also brought back his brother, his, his brother Lot out of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot came out out of the evil ways of this world. Christ may be drawing some of you today. He may be speaking to your heart this morning. Young, old, middle-aged. Christ accomplished a great possession. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And what assurance we have of we are Christ today. None can pluck them out of his hand. Not even the mighty devil can pluck you out of the hand of God. For he is stronger and he is mightier. Will you today who are outside Christ share Christ's victory? Oh, and the devil's overthrow. If the Son makes you free, ye shall be free indeed. And my friends, the spoils of Calvary's cross have made many, many, many people rich in blessing. He has given us an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that shall never, ever fade away. What a possession. What a possession the child of God has in comparison to the child of the devil. Where do you stand today? I look around here and see a full church. I praise God for a full church. But today in amongst us there may, there may be those who just don't know where they stand. Well, today before he has been placed two kingdoms. You are either in one kingdom or in the other. You are either in the kingdom of the Son of God or you're walking in the kingdom of darkness. What think ye of the great Savior Jesus Christ? Are you going to continue? Walk in the way of darkness. Walk in the way of death, of hell, and the grave, and captivity, and damnation. Or are you going to walk out? Walk out into the, into the liberty of the gospel of Christ. My friend, today you've seen both kingdoms. Today is the day that you have to reckon with. You will have to think on today. You'll have to think on these two kingdoms every day. You're either in one or in the other. Let us pray. Our Lord and our God, we bless thee. 
and we thank thee for Christ. We thank thee, our God, for him who loved us and gave himself on the cross of Calvary for our sin. And we come to thee this day acknowledging that there is no other way of salvation save through the blood of thine own dear Son. And we thank thee, our God, that we can come to thee through the rent veil of his body, through the sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, and we acknowledge our Father today that we can come in no other way. Lord, for those who may be in doubt of mind or anguish of soul, we ask, O oh God, that thou this day, by thy Spirit, may enlighten their minds in the knowledge of Christ, and that they may know thee, and they may come to thee, and they may seek thee, and they may find in thee a Father that will never ever forsake them, a God who is very near, and a Saviour who knows their every weakness. Our Lord and our God, we ask that thou will go before us now. In Jesus' name, Amen.